0: A. Nelson Alcoholic Addict. That's not my real name. It's a pen name that I came up with for my sober newsletter. I get to travel a lot for work, and I always find myself landing someplace new, a new town, a new state, and I find myself in an airplane, hitting an airport, and thinking, I wonder if there's any alcoholics here. And the answer, spoiler alert, is, holy shit, there are, Alcoholics and addicts. And <laughs> and also breaking news, I'm pretty sure there's alcoholics almost anywhere you go. So on this specific trip, I headed for Lincoln, Nebraska. And guess what? Dozens of 12-step meetings to attend. I could, at almost any hour of the day from about 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. There was a meeting I could get to. And so I picked one and on a Sunday in the morning and I went. And as usual, I found it to be fascinating. I love seeing um, the people and the places where sobriety happens and how it happens because it's not the same. It's getting sober in New York City or Lincoln, Nebraska or Florida or Washington, it's always a little bit different flavor and that this was certainly another example of that idea because I've there's a couple things I've never seen before, never experienced, and I thought it was very cool. The meeting that I went to was in a recovery club, but the recovery club existed in a church. The building that it, that it owned was a church. So I've never seen that before in 15 years of sobriety where the recovery club is actually an old church. Um, this recovery club apparently about 30 years ago in the 90s bought an old church and set up shop. They had all sorts of rooms for meetings um, and they have all they have multiple different twelve step meetings there. If you have any kind of addiction, you could probably find a meeting um, that's specific to you. And I thought that was very cool. The meeting I went to was held in the main church area, and i have never had the experience of a twelve step meeting in the main church area with the pews and just rows and rows of pews and high ceiling. And, um, you know, the, the shelving to put Bibles in, except there were no Bibles at this, this meeting, um, there was a coffee pot brewing in the back of the room. And I noticed that halfway through the meeting, the coffee commitment dude, he took the pot and he went around the room and he gave refills to whoever wanted them. It was like Uber eats happening within the meeting. It was great. Uber drinks, I guess, um, speakers uh there was there was a a speaker but then there was a chairperson treasurer and anniversaries and things like that anybody who spoke uh had to hustle to the front of the room and stand at a podium that had a microphone and the room was very cavernous this was an open this is a church like if i took you in there you would just be like oh this is where church happens and um so it was a cavernous room and um people would raise their hand to say something and then they would make this long walk to the front of the church. So rather than just raising your hand and saying, you know, Nelson, alcoholic, visiting from Connecticut, um, people would have to usually walk to the front of the church. And it was like, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And in that space, the silence, like there would be there was a lot of like chirping, there was clapping, there was cheering. Oh, hey, there's Mike, Mike. All right, congratulations, hey, what's up, Dave? That kind of stuff, and it was rowdy. It was rowdy for sure, and I didn't mind it in this instance. the The whole thing it ended up feeling less like a meeting and more like like a celebration almost, you know, like an awards ceremony, and I was loving it, man. I love, I love. It was very celebratory, and it was Sunday morning. It felt like a rowdy church, but in this case, it was, it was. Um, you know, sobriety, it was recovery, not, not uh, religion. So this meeting, um, it was a speaker meeting. Um, so there was a woman who came up and she told her story and she shared, it was great. She'd been sober for decades. Um, I think she said she had a 51 year old son who has grandkids himself. So she's a great grandma. Um, but she was great. She had an amazing story, great comeback, turned her life around a real testament to like sobriety being worth it. And there were two things specifically that she said that that had me thinking afterwards. One was that she stopped she said she stopped drinking and realized she had never felt feelings. She had never really truly figured out how to process things, you know. And that that it took many, many years of work to figure that out and I get that, you know. It's pretty It's pretty hard to numb yourself out for 10, 15, 20 years and then expect to know how to process anger and sadness and self-pity. It just, I had a moment in my recovery where I was like, holy shit, I've never felt sad. I I haven't felt sad in a long time. I felt it for a second and then did something to, to take away that sadness. And so now I had to sit with it and that was shocking and it was shocking for her too apparently. Um, the second thing she talked about that I loved was she talked about the value of friction with sober friends. And I don't mean fighting with sober friends. I mean, she talked about having people who really challenged her throughout her recovery, who pulled the covers back on her, as we say. Um, and she she said that she got to the point with a few people where she would stop speaking with them for periods of time and, she took the blame for all of it. She said she would overreact to things. She 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 wasn't talking about somebody being a jerk. She was talking about somebody saying, hey, you're full of shit. And she didn't like that, so she would stop speaking with them. And her point was that that was a good thing, that people would say stuff to her that she didn't like. And she mentioned a few times that if the only person pushing her was herself, she might, and I get that. I think you do want people that... Uh, that you love them and appreciate them, but they'll say to you, Hey, you're not getting to enough meetings or, you know, you shouldn't have said that to your spouse or your boss or whatever, you know, I want that. And, um, at the end of the meeting, uh, you know, it was great meeting at the end. The treasurer had heard me announce myself as visiting from another state. And he grabbed me and started talking to me about the the building and the history of this recovery group. um, and he showed me around the, the church and cause they had like a lot of posters and things up on the walls. And he showed me some very cool 12 step history stuff that this meeting had acquired, um, from the archives of, of, um, various 12 step programs. And it was a very, what, what it ended up feeling like was the corner of this church was like almost like a mini museum of recovery history. And, um, he talked me through everything and um he even pointed toward a flight of stairs that went down into the basement. And he said, Go down there and check it out. It's uh it's a he called it a sobriety archive. He said, We got an archive down there of a lot of other stuff about the founding of various, you know, sober programs and how the literature was written and um I appreciated that, but I had uh, I had enjoyed the meeting, and I but I decided, you know, I'm I think I'm done with my spiritual growth for the day, and I got the hell out of there before my brain could possibly learn anything else. I mean, who needs that? There was football to watch, right? I had to get out of there. <laughs> maybe don't give me an A plus for effort. Give me like a B minus. <laughs> so listen, I'm still a work in progress. What do you want? Uh, maybe next time I hit Lincoln, I will uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. I will spend some time in the archive. Um, but hey maybe there won't even be alcoholics here by then you know you never know but I'm sure there will be and maybe I'll check it out thanks for letting me share